Save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre-finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin-Williams factory finish paint warranty that means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP Smart Side today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at Menards. Hello, friends. Welcome to the May 12th episode of the Bacon Bets podcast. And yes, big announcement. You've probably already seen it on Twitter But this is my last week at Odd Shark. I'm moving on to a new job starting next week. So before I get into it here, for anyone who listens to the podcast solely just for my picks, uh, you're going to want to go ahead and skip through. Check uh, the the description of this episode and I'll let you know when I actually get into the picks for today's show. Today's show, we're going to talk about the AT&T Byron Nelson, the PGA Tour Tournament. uh, This weekend's UFC 262 and then I got three MLB plays uh, for May 12th. So if you want, if you're only here for the picks, uh, I'm going to tell you to go ahead and skip through because this intro is going to be a little bit longer than they normally are because, yeah, like I just said, big news this week. Um, I've kind of alluded to it the past couple of weeks. I alluded, I teased it last week, um, and I think a lot of you suspected something may have been going on because I had I haven't been on Guys and Bets now for... Um, almost a month, I think three, uh, three weeks, four weeks. I wasn't really uh, putting out any content with Odd Shark. I had a few of you uh, send me questions. So basically, um, I have accepted a new position uh, with a company called Minute Media. Uh, if you've heard of the websites uh, Fansided, uh, maybe their most famous one, uh, the Players Tribune. Um, that's the company that has all those sites. And they're launching, or I should say launched, a brand new sports betting news website called bet sided so i uh they reached out to me wanted me to interview i went through the interview process uh which was uh, a little bit lengthy to be honest it was a couple weeks um so during while i was kind of going through that interview process i was kind of in a weird spot so that's kind of why i held back a little bit from content creation and just kind of focused on my social media part of the job with odd shark but um i have accepted a position with them i'm very 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 excited to get started with them next week so uh yeah new website bet sided check it out follow them on twitter um i'm gonna be diving head first uh into it with them next week and i'm very very excited for that so as far as what you guys can expect from me, to be honest, it's, I mean, nothing's really going to change outside of the fact that uh, I won't be doing any odd share content, obviously. I'm not going to be on guys and bets anymore. Um, but this is, doesn't mean that you're not, you guys uh, won't see me anymore. You might actually even see more of me. Uh, we'll kind of see um, how this role kind of takes its shape. But I'll, I'll certainly still be putting out picks. I'll be putting out content. I'll be talking about sports betting. Uh, so from your guys' end, it really won't be too much of a difference now. This podcast, actually, I don't know what's going to happen with this podcast, to be completely honest. That's kind of the one thing that's kind of up in the air uh, for me right now. I haven't talked to them yet about what I should do with this podcast. Um, I would like to keep doing it, but um, I don't know. We'll see. I don't, I, I don't fully know if I'll have time to do this podcast, and I don't. maybe they want me to do a, a podcast with them. I don't know. I don't know. I, I I don't know. So if one thing does end, it will be this podcast. But I don't think it will. Um, but I mean, if it is, this might be the last episode. Uh, but I don't think it will be. I'm sure I'll, I'll be talking to you guys again next week. So yes, I'm very very excited for this new role. Um, it's a step up for me. Um, their office is actually located in New York City. 
I'm not going to move to New York City right away. Um, but they have obviously offered that, you know, if I can find, if I can get my way to the States, then, um, then I can obviously work out of their office in New York. So with me being Canadian, uh, living out in Nova Scotia on the East coast here, uh, I have no idea what the visa process is to get to the States and I'm trying to read up on it and it's not easy. It goes from as easy as I just show up to the border with a couple documents and they'll let me through since I have a job waiting for me there. Um, or the other spectrum is it's a very long, lengthy process. There's only a certain amount of visas they can do. Um, and they are in Canada is not handing out or us isn't handing out any of them right now during the pandemic. So one spectrum, it's super easy and I could move next month. The other spectrum, I might not move, uh, for a year. So <laughs> I need to talk to some people smarter than me to figure this out. If anyone listens who's like an immigration lawyer or something, <laughs> want to send me a DM, uh, so we can, uh, so I can get this sorted out. But yeah, I'm going to work remotely for them here for at least the first little bit. My goal, my hope is to move down to New York City by the end of the summer. I would certainly like to be able to work out of their office by uh, the time the NFL season gets here. Um, so that's big. I'm, I'm beyond excited for this opportunity. I hope you guys continue to follow along. Um, I'm setting, if I do end up moving to New York, and hopefully I do, I'm setting the over-under at how long I'm going to survive in that city um, at a month and a half. So get your bets in now. Uh, I'm from like a... A very small farming town in Nova Scotia, Canada, in the middle of buttfuck nowhere. We're known for our apples. Shout out Annapolis Valley. I uh, grew up in a town of like 2,000 people. Uh, me moving to Halifax, I thought, you know, ooh, I'm living in the big city now. I'm living in Halifax. And Halifax has a population of, uh, let's see here. And when I started living here, I was like, oh, big city. I don't know how I'll do living in Halifax, big city. Uh, population of 430,000. Um, and I thought that was, I didn't know if I would handle that. And now I probably will be moving to New York city, which has a population of 8.4 million. So (laughs) only what, like 20 times the size of Halifax, uh, like a third of the population of the entire country in Canada, uh, of Canada. So that's going to be, that's, that's, that's going to get some getting used to, but I'm, I'm super excited for that, for that opportunity. Um, I've been to, I haven't been down to the States in over a decade. Uh, when would it have been late 2010? I went to Chicago and green Bay, watched a hockey game in Chicago and a NFL game in green Bay. And that was late 2010. That was the last time I was in the States. Uh, I've been to New York once I was eight years old, so I didn't really fully kind of grasp the concept of what New York was. So, um, big things, man, exciting times. Like I said, I'm beyond pumped for this opportunity. I'm excited to start next week. Um, shout out to odd shark though. Uh, I've been working for them for the past three years. Um, I have nothing but nice nice things to say about, about odd shark, especially, you know, the, the people I worked with, um, Joe Osborne, obviously many of you people don't actually know this, um, but when I first started at Odd Shark, Joe was actually a manager. He did content, but he was actually like a, a manager as well. Um, and my interview was actually with Joe and the HR person. So I got hired because Joe decided to hire me. And then once I got hired, um, I don't know if he'd feel this way. I, I felt like he kind of took me under his wing a little bit. I mean, I, I learned a lot from Joe as far as on-camera stuff, um, audio stuff, video stuff, things like that. I learned a lot from Joe, so... I appreciate him for that. A uh, special shout out 
to my good friend Robert Trites, who used to work for Odd Shark, doesn't work there anymore. Um, but this is a guy I've been friends with since high school, and I wouldn't even be in sports media at all um, if it wasn't for him. Uh, in university, I lived with him for a year uh, in university, and he was the editor for the sports section of our school newspaper, and he's actually the one who um, asked me to um, write some articles for him. So that's kind of what how I got started in sports media, was writing for the sports section for my friend Robert Trites. Um, I was doing some online freelancing as well for MMA Latest News, um, so I was kind of doing those two things at the same time. But then on top of that... Um, Rob also was the one who got me the interview with Odd Shark. If it wasn't for him, I never would have even stepped in the Odd Shark office for the interview at all. Um, so special shout out Rob Trites. He's the one who kind of got me in sports media. He set me up for the interview for Odd Shark. Wouldn't be here without him as well. Um, like I said, he doesn't work with Odd Shark anymore, but special shout out to him. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that was kind of the big announcement that I teased last week. I'll be starting with uh, working on bet-sided next week. I, to be honest, I don't really know what to expect. It's going to be a little bit of an adventure these past or these next few months. I really, really hope that I can get this visa so I can move to New York. I think that'd be an amazing experience. But I, every time I bring it up, I kind of put a little bit of an asterisk next to it because weird things happen, especially during COVID. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Like I said, I don't know what the process is here to get to get a visa. It's it's complicated. It's over my head. Um, but hopefully I can get that sorted out. Uh, and hopefully I'll be living in New York. So shout out all the Americans who listen to this podcast. So the majority of listeners obviously are American. Shout out to you guys, man. I'll be inside of your country living there shortly. Hopefully, if any of you live in New York, send me a message because I know literally nothing about it. And I'll be going by myself, just me and my cat. And I don't know anything about New York City. I don't know what the good places to live are going to be. I know the rent's fucking like at least double of what I pay here. Cost of living's high. Um, I don't know what the good areas to live in are. I don't know how I'll commute. Um, I've been told that like there's no reason to have a car in New York City. So I guess if I move down there, I guess I'll sell my car. Um, which is kind of crazy to me. Um, I guess I'll learn have to have to learn how to take the subway system public transit i've never taken public transit before in my life um it's should i like should i get roommates should i try to find roommates to live with is it too expensive for me to live by myself i don't know a lot of questions need to be answered but yes long story short this is my last week with odd shark um next week or next week i'll be starting with bet sided and i'm very very excited for that opportunity so i hope you all follow along follow along with me with this journey. Oh, by the way, and I think I tweeted this out a couple days ago as well. If I'm living in New York and you you think I won't go to an Islanders game with my Leafs jersey on and yell that they're a fraudulent team the whole time during the game, if you don't think you're going to do that, then you're wrong. Um, all those people back in December 2019 when I pissed off the entire Islanders fan base. <laughs> um We'll see what happens. I'm, I, they might murder me if I go there, and they and they remember me from a couple years ago. Um, for those of you who, who didn't follow me back then, I called the Islanders frauds, fraud, fraudulent team back in um, December 2019, Got retweeted by Cold Takes Exposed, and I didn't know that the Islanders fan base has like this hardcore fan base on Twitter, and they fucking came after me. Uh, John Taffer came after me, the bar rescue guy. A couple guys in Barstool came after me. Um, Kevin Connolly, who play, who's an entourage, came after me. Uh, fun time. So I'm very excited to go to an Islanders game with my Leafs jersey on 
if slash when I move to New York. So yeah, that was the exciting news, friends. Uh, one other thing I wanted to talk about, but really, uh, really quick before I do, um, this podcast is sponsored by BetUS. Head over to BetUS.com, sign up for a new account, use promo code BACON, and you'll get a 125% deposit bonus on your first deposit. Um, a handful of you have already signed up already since they started sponsoring the podcast, and you've all, uh, the ones that I've talked to at least, has sent me positive feedback. It's a good user interface, good people over there, great customer service, and it's just generally always a good idea to have at least a few different sports books. That way, every time you make a bet, you can look at what the line is um, at the at the different sports books you have, and you can place it at the one that's that's giving you the uh, the best price. Uh, it's a little trick that actual sports bettors, actual I should say professional sports bettors, do um, to make a long term profit. You always want to make sure you get the best price if possible. So BetUS.com, one of the best sports books in the world. Sign up for an account, use promo code Bacon, get 125 percent. Bonus deposit on your first deposit, and there's no losers in this situation. You get extra money, you help the podcast out, you help me out, everyone's happy, and you have another sports book that you can use. So, betus.com, promo code BACON. The other thing I just quickly wanted to talk about, because you guys know I love a good rant about Twitter totes. It's one of my favorite things, especially how they're evolving now that the sports betting world is kind of blowing up and getting a little bit more legitimacy, these strategies that they are using. And the latest one that these Twitter toasts use is a little fucking greasy, grimy uh, gremlins that Twitter touts are. These guys who, they don't put their actual face out there, they don't even put their name out there, they call their account um, guaranteed whale locks or Steve's... Steve's Big time juicy picks. Actually, they wouldn't even use the name Steve. They'd use a fake name. Um, but these little greasy fucking gremlins who go out there and they advertise like their picks are locks, like you're guaranteed um, to make a living off sports betting if you buy their picks package. These little cowards who don't even show their face. And most of them, the reason, to be honest, most of them, the reason why they don't show their face is because they're, they're, they're like children. Seriously. Like early 20s, like, late teens. These are children scamming people to get money, asking people. All they do, they either make up their records or they wait until they actually go on a hot streak and then they pump out their advertisements. But a new thing that they're doing um, is just adding a picture or a gif of of boobs. Uh, to, to Like, they'll tweet, hey, Royals, plus 120. Uh, Red Sox, min- minus 130. Dodgers minus 120 let's get it tonight friends and then they'll just attach like a picture of uh or gif uh of just a hot girl (laughs) which I kind of respect the tactic because it's like so blatant and in your face and obvious that it's like I mean if you're still gonna pay these losers for picks I mean at this point I I almost have to kind of respect it so uh I tweeted about it earlier today um now I didn't actually direct it at a single person um, but because it's something I've seen for if it is one person, I would make it a little bit more obvious, but it's something I've seen quite a bit. But one guy, uh, message sent, got in my DMs, a guy who, um, a few people tagged in the tweet. Um, should I shout him out? No, I'm not, I'm not going to give his that. Fuck him. He's, he's a Twitter toad. I don't want to give any, even if it's bad press, I don't want to get, 
give and he just sent me a dm saying uh get cucked bro so that's the guy that uh uh if you give him money i guess he'll uh he's he's the one who's smart enough to outsmart sports books i suppose uh, but of course, like all these Twitter totes are no f- name, no face. Um, and he <laughs> like his, like just blatant gifts of boobs bouncing. Um, kind of funny. And his, his Twitter bio is literally the undisputed king of gambling Twitter. Literally the undisputed king of gambling Twitter. <laughs> I kind of respect it. He's so blatant and so in your face about it. I kind of respect it, to be honest. Um... Don't fucking sign up for his goddamn Patreon and give him money for his stupid-ass picks, though. But I kind of respect the tactics. Uh, another thing I'm seeing Twitter totes doing, uh, which I find absolutely hilarious, is um, they're turning it into, like, a motivational thing. Like, they'll record a video. Yo, when you get down in life, you gotta know that you just gotta, you gotta work hard and you gotta grind. And one day you'll make it. By the way, tonight I got... I got the Tigers at minus 120 against the Royals. But hey, get out of bed, work hard, your dreams will come true, and also retweet this if you want a free pick. You can do anything you set your mind to, but also, by the way, retweet this, and if I get a 1,000 retweets, I'll give it a free pick for today. Also, click my Patreon link uh, in my Twitter bio. Guys who are like pairing like this super serious motivational uh like quotes and and videos pairing them with pics what (laughs) what are we doing what are we doing people um i I kind of respect these tactics man everyone's trying to grind for themselves i guess i I mean i don't really have too big of an issue but at the same time I'm, i'm gonna make fun of it don't pay for pics don't pay for pics i think now that i'm getting away from odd shark i think i can be a little bit more uh vocal with that um odd shark doesn't sell picks but whatever i i I don't need to get into it but don't pay for picks stop (laughs) it's never a smart idea um but yeah i mean we're coming up on 20 minutes here for the intro so um yeah shout out odd shark um shout out joe um Ninja, I mean, the thing I'm going to miss the most, obviously, about Odd Shark is guys and bets, uh, doing guys and bets, man. Those shows were fun. I thought myself and Joe and Ninja had, had quite a bit of chemistry on camera together. Um, it's sad, man. It is sad. Obviously, I'm excited for this new opportunity, this new role with uh, with uh, working for BetSided. But, um, I mean, leaving a job that I liked is always sad. But uh, it was time. This is an opportunity I couldn't pass up. So, shout out Joe. Shout out Ninja. Shout out uh, the producers of Guys and Bets. Um, Steve and Ishan, uh, underrated heroes of guys and bets. Shout out Cookie, Alec Cook. Most of the stuff that I, I shot that was like filmed by someone, most of the time it was him shooting it. Uh, one of the best at his craft that there is. Uh, so shout out, shout out Cookie. Uh, Rob Trites, obviously, I talked about him earlier. Um, Craig, uh, the, the producer of guys and bets. Um, Scott Hastings, obviously. Jill Gallant, I saw Jill Gallant uh, uh, has also announced that he's separated from Odd Shark, but still shout out to him. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll miss the pre-pandemic days when we were all just kind of in the office bullshitting. Those days were fun. Um, but I hope I didn't miss anyone. Uh, but let's be honest, those most of those guys probably don't listen to this podcast. <laughs> Anyways, also, by the way, shout out Sean Healy, my friend who has 
well, nothing to do with this job change, but um, I talked about him being the light beer drinker, uh, I think on the last episode of the podcast, and I didn't say his name, or I think I just called him a guy I know instead of one of my good friends. So um, he called me out for that. My bad. Shout out uh, Sean Healy, one of my best friends on planet Earth. Um, so there you go. It's been 20 minutes, and this is the longest intro I've had, but I do have picks, believe it or not. I do have picks, so let's get into them. AT&T, Byron Nelson, UFC 262, and then three Major League Baseball plays for Wednesday night. Let's go! More bacon than the pan can handle. More bacon than the pan can handle. More bacon than the pan can handle. More bacon than the pan All can right. handle. All right, starting here with the AT&T, Byron Nelson. Uh, last week's PJ, I didn't have a podcast episode last week. Um, I just wanted to wait uh, to this week when I could make the announcement and dive into it. But I did give a couple picks out for last week. Um, and I don't think they did well. But I probably didn't look, or I know I didn't look into the tournament as deeply um, as I usually do, um, I just had other things on the go uh, as I was preparing for this little bit of a transition here. But it was a Wells Fargo last week, um, and I had DeChambeau, who made a late run, but it wasn't quite close enough. Neiman, uh, more top 20, yeah, so I went 0-3 last week, but that's okay, that's fine. Um, we'll get into the AT&T Byron Nelson here. Like I said, I didn't fully handicap it, but some people were looking for picks, and they weren't too far off, to be completely fair. Um AT&T brought Byron Nelson being held at TPC Craig Ranch. Now, why that's um, notable is because this is the first time that TPC Craig Ranch will be hosting a PG, PGA Tour event, which means that we are going into this event blind. It is a par 72, 7,438 long course, so pretty basic as far as measurements go. Um, now, this... TPC Craig Ranch did host two events prior. It wasn't they weren't PGA Tour events. They were Corn Ferry Tour events, or back then they were. What was the Corn Ferry? It was before Corn Ferry Tour was Web.com. But then what was it before that? I don't remember. Whatever it was, it was like the you know the minor league, obviously, um, in twenty two thousand eight and twenty twelve. So if you're wondering about any, any notable names that competed in those tournaments, Mark Leishman. And Webb Simpson both finished in the top 11 in the 2008 edition of the tournament. And James Hahn, Adam Hadwin, Russell Henley, and Luke List all finished in the top 12 in 2012. Um, Now, I mean, that's just information that uh, you can know if you're curious, but I would not bet on these guys just because they played an event here on the Corn Ferry Tour a decade ago. I don't think any of that's going to translate over to to this weekend, but uh, the information is there uh, if you're curious. Now, other than that, um, we're completely blind because we have no shot link data to go off for this week's event. No history, no examples, no past performances outside of Corn Ferry Tour events from a decade ago, as I mentioned. So we need to keep the stats very simple, very simple. Because, I mean, like I said, we we don't know anything. Uh, The other thing you need to do is put a little bit more weight into recent form since we can't rely on stats too heavily. Put a little bit more weight into recent form. Look up to see how that golfer has been performing recently. Uh, and try to compare that with the odds and see if you can find some discrepancies there. So I still do have five key stats, though. But since we're going super basic, super simple, the first two are as simple and straightforward as you get. And that's strokes gain, tee to green, and strokes gain putting. 
So that'll just show us how these golfers are, are playing so far this season. Strokes to gain tee to green is self-explanatory. It'll show how a golfer is from the tee box until they get to the green, and the strokes gained putting will show us how well they are on the greens. And then I added in ball striking, which you guys might know is total driving plus greens and regulation. And then I, the next one is a little bit important, um, and this is birdie average. Now, the reason why I'm using birdie average here is I've read an article um, by Action Network's Jason, I believe it's so Sobel, Sobel. You guys know I'm the worst at pronouncing. Even simple names like this, I, I mispronounce, and it, I swear it's not on purpose. But I and I hear names 20 times, and I still forget how it's pronounced. So Jason Sobel, Sobel, uh, very good um, golf sports betting personality to follow out there. He, he, he puts out some good stuff. But um, I read his article, and it brought up a good point, and it was that the PGA Tour, when there's uh, a venue that's hosting a PGA Tour event for the same time, the PGA Tour doesn't want to it to be very risky. They don't want it to be too difficult, um, uh, which would risk pissing off the golfers and make them not want to go back there. Because golfers are all divas, and if they can't shoot 15 under, then they throw a hissy fit if they fucking have an, an occasional bogey. Um <laughs> So, and then he actually backed this up. So he went back to the last nine events that were held at a course that was hosting a PGA Tour event for the first time, and the average winning score was 17.8 strokes under par. So my point in this is that if it is true, and I mean this Jason Sobel, Sobel, I'm so, I should have looked up how to pronounce it before I started recording, um, is correct, and I mean he, he backed it up with data here, then this is going to be a low-scoring event because the PJ Tour doesn't like taking risks and making the layout of courses too difficult the first time around. So if that's the case and it's the winning score is going to be around 17 under par, then we need birdies. And we, we expect a birdie fest. And if it's a birdie fest, we need guys who are good at getting birdies. We need scorers. We don't need guys who avoid bogeys and grind out rounds by you know a lot of pars. We need guys who score. So birdie average is the fourth key stat. And then finally, scrambling percentage. I just kind of threw it in there as a fifth. Um, yeah, I mean, it's not like this course. Any uh, any indication that I see anyways shows that it's going to be super a super tough scrambling course. But it's uh, just basically a good stat. It's a simple stat, so he threw it in there. So strokes gained, tee to green, strokes gained, putting, ball striking, birdie average, and scrambling percentage. So let's get into my picks here. I'm starting off with an old classic. A guy who's near and dear to my heart, a guy who I haven't bet on, I don't think, in a little while now. And that's, say it with me now, Daniel Berger. Daniel Berger, 18-1. to Uh, As many of you know, I hit him outright to win in the first event back in action after the pandemic break last summer, which I think... I was going to say, I think we're coming up on a year for that, but I think that was kind of June, so maybe 11 months ago. Uh, but I hit him outright, I think it was around 33-1, to 1, something like that. So I've had a spot, a soft spot for old Daniel Berger ever since he got me that win. Um, but he checks a lot of boxes we're looking for in this event, mainly birdie average. He sits fifth on the PJ Tour in birdie average and first in the field for this event. So yes, that means that he has a higher birdie average than Bryson DeChambeau, John Rahm, and Brooks Kepka, 4.52 birdies per round. So that's a great point. We want guys who score, and Daniel Berger is, according to the stat birdie average, is the best golfer in the field this week at getting birdies. 
this season at least. He also ranks 35th in strokes gained tee to green, T19 in strokes gained putting, 15th in ball striking. He does rank 60th in scrambling, but uh, I'm not really too concerned about that, to be honest. Um, he won the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am um, earlier this year, and then since then he has finishes of T35, T9, T18. He did miss the cut at the Masters, but then he did bounce back with a respectable T13 at the RBC Heritage. Um, also, by the way, I mean, I just mentioned it. He won the AT&T Pebble, Bro Pro Pebble Beach Pro-Am, so maybe now he can win the AT&T Byron Nelson. Maybe there's something about AT&T sponsored events where Daniel Berger shows up. How's that for handicapping? The sponsor version of handicapping. You gotta look at the sponsor of the event. Daniel Berger brings it in AT&T sponsored events. He's 1-0. This is, this is an official stat. This is a fact. Daniel Berger is 1-0 in 2021 in events that are sponsored by AT&T. That's a fact. That's a fact. Can't try to tell me I'm wrong. I'm not. Daniel Berger is 1-0 in 2021 at AT&T sponsored events. So there's a fucking trend for you, hey? Try that Try that trend on for size. How about that? Uh, second pick, uh, Matt Fitzpatrick. Uh, if you saw my tweets today, you probably thought, probably knew I was going to make him one of my picks. 20 to 1, I got him at Matt Fitzpatrick. I mean, this is a guy I've been eyeing for a while. He jumped off the odds list at me at 20 to 1 when I first looked at uh, looked at the odds before I handicapped the event. After I handicapped the event, I liked him even more. Um, I was on him for an event earlier this year, I think, but I forget which one. I think it was the Arnold Palmer Invitational. I think it was. I might be wrong, though, but I'm pretty sure I was on him to win earlier this year, but... Didn't quite get there, but I mean, if you want to bet on a guy who's been in great form and has been in the hunt for a while, but uh, is kind of due for a win, has been, you know, right there, top five, top ten almost every week, I mean, Matt Fitzpatrick is your guy. Also, call him fucking Matt, okay? He put out a big public release a few weeks ago. He doesn't want to be referred to as Matthew Fitzpatrick anymore. So, call him Matt, or I will fucking come to your house and put you in a go-go plata. How about that? Call him fucking Matt. Matt Fitzpatrick. <laughs> uh, here, <laughs> here are his finishes in the 2021 calendar year. T5, T11, T10, T9, T18 at the match play event, and then T34 at the Masters, but then T4 at the RBC Heritage. So I tweeted this out earlier today. Um, five out of his 11 starts he's finished 11th or better this season and the two that he didn't was the t18 at the match play event which i mean that's a very weird event to kind of talk about in relation to any other event uh t34 at the masters wasn't great still respectable uh but then he bounced back with a t4 at the rbc heritage so if you're talking want to talk about recent form Bet on a guy who has some value because he's been playing well recently. Matt Fitzpatrick is your guy. 28th in strokes gained, T to green. 27th in strokes gained, putting. T30, birdie average. So he's all around solid golfer as well. So the stats kind of back it up. Uh, so based on recent form and all around good stats, I will take Matt Fitzpatrick as my second pick at 20 to 1. I'm also going to take him to finish in the top 10 at plus 150. Uh, now I got a long shot bet. This is a super big long shot, um, and I clearly don't have stats to back this up. But it is Sung Kang to finish in the top twenty at plus eight hundred. Now, if you want to be absolutely crazy, uh, you can bet on him to win. I think he's like three hundred to one. Um, but he won 
the last edition of this event, which is kind of kind of crazy to see the defending champ. His odds are this far off the board, but also it does make sense because, uh, for one, it's not the same course. Um, not it's not the 2019 Byron AT&T Byron Nelson was at a different course, and number two, he's been fucking shit <laughs> this season. Uh, I don't have it in my notes, but let me look up Sun King's results this season because if you're gonna place this bet if you heard me that i'm on and i am on this bet top 20 at eight to one um i want you guys to be fully aware of what you're getting into because this probably won't be a good bet but i'll explain why i like it here um in a few seconds but i do want to make it very clear how bad he has been this season damn he's played in almost every tournament too he's played in he's played in 21 events this season and he made the cut eight times not good. I mean, 21 events, he's 184th in FedEx Cup standings. So, like, he has a less than 50% cu- uh, rate of making the cut. And his best finish was... Oh, my God. At the November's Masters, he finished tied for 29th. And that was his best finish. T43, 75... I'm just going to go... I'm going to start from the start of the s- season, which was... September of, uh, why does it say since, oh, I was reading it since September of last year, um, the U S open, here's how his finishes on the PJ tour went cut, cut T 43, 75, cut T 29, cut 37, cut, cut, cut T 63, 67, cut, cut, cut T 59, 65, cut, 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 he stinks. Now the reason why I'm on him um, is here's a quote from Sung Kang. Uh, well, that was taken from, from his press conference on, uh, I think it was from today when I'm recording this Tuesday. Quote, this is my home course. I live about five miles from here and I've been practicing here probably the last 10 years. So I really know this course. I know the people here. I get a lot of good support. I get all the good influence. End quote. So yes, usually if there's a defending champion at an event with super long odds, I like betting on them anyway. Now, that wouldn't have counted in this scenario because it's at a different course, but the course that they moved to is his home course, which is kind of ironic how that kind of worked out. So, I mean, he said he's been playing here for for 10 years. He lives five miles down the road. So, is he absolutely shit this year? Yes. Does the fact that he won last year's version of the event in 2019, does that have any effect on, on this year's tournament? No. But... We have no statistics to base this event on whatsoever. So, I mean, I'll take a guy to finish in the top 20 at 8-1 to one who's playing on his home course. There's not too many PGA Tour golfers that if I was aware that they're golfing on their home course and they were 8-1 to one to finish in the top 20, I wouldn't bet on them. So, yes, I know his stats are shit. Yes, I know it's a different course than what it was in 2019 when he won. But it's his home course, and he's 8-1 to one to finish in the top 20. I'll take a shot. So my three picks for the Byron Nelson, Daniel Berger, I'm just taking him to win. Oatright, 18 to 1. Matt Fitzpatrick, I'm taking him top 10 at plus 150. And then to win at 20 to 1. And then I'm taking Sung Kang top 20 at plus 800. All right, let's get into this weekend's UFC 262. Um, I've historically been a very shitty better in UFC. And you guys who listen to this podcast know that. But I've actually done pretty well with my UFC bets recently. Um, even this past weekend, I went... Did I go two? Did I go two and one? 
I believe I tweeted out a few picks for it this past weekend. Did I uh, tweet those out or did I just... Or did I just keep those to myself? No, I did. Uh, Neil Magny, or Jeff Neal against Neil Magny. That lost, and I thought he won that decision. I thought that was a bad decision. Um, Rono, plus 160 versus Roney. Uh, Rodriguez-Waterson did not win either. So I went one for two, but I hit a plus 160 underdog in, in Verono against Roney. Um, but I've been, for the most part, I've been doing good with my UFC picks recently, especially the last pay-per-view. I did very well, so let's have it go at it again. But if you decide to fade my UFC picks, I will not blame you. So let's start with the main event. The UFC lightweight title is on the line. Do you guys Have you guys ever like thought about if you fought in UFC, what, what weight class you'd fight in? I'd be a lightweight, I think. I might be might be able to get down to featherweight. I say here as I'm like hovering around fucking 200 pounds right now. Talking about, yeah, I could probably fight at 145 pounds. <laughs> when I was in shape though, when I was in my football shape, I was around 175. So I think probably lightweight is probably what I would have. Uh, would... I always wanted to have an MMA fight, just an amateur fight. And I doubt, I can't see it happening now, but uh, I always wanted to. To see if I to see if I could do it, I might be too big of a of, of a bitch to be honest. I might just say I would do it, and then as soon as like the opening bell would ring, I just tap. So, uh, but yeah, main event lightweight title is on the line. Michael Chandler against Charles Oliveira, Charlie Olives, as some people like to call him. I'm going to take the underdog. I'm taking Michael Chandler here at plus one fifteen. This one tough one to handicap from a statistic standpoint since Michael Chandler is only one UFC fight and stats aren't tracked in Bellator. Uh, so, I mean, this is basically all eye test. I mean, even his, even his first fight against Dan Hooker, um, was only what a minute and a half long, I think. So, uh, there wasn't a whole lot to kind of go off of in that fight either, but he got the, he got the KO win. Uh, my hit, I had a big bet on him in that fight and it hit, so I'm just going to keep riding him. I'm going to keep riding Michael Chandler here. He won me that Dan Hooker fight as an underdog. I still think he's undervalued heading into this one. Hardcore MMA fans know know that Michael Chandler has been a championship caliber fighter for a long time. Uh, yes, Bellator's roster may not be as deep as the UFC's, and I know a lot of people don't necessarily respect those other promotions, but I, the top guys in Bellator, especially for a stretch there during the 2010s, um, and especially in the lighter weight classes like lightweight, even welterweight, featherweight, uh, like top five guys would have been top five guys in the UFC as well. Uh, Michael Chandler finally got a shot, probably a little bit later than he would have wanted, what I would have wanted, but he looked fantastic in his debut in the UFC, got that knockout win. Uh, I'm going to keep riding him. Uh, also, I think Oliveira's recent win streak is a little bit overrated because, uh, yeah, it's what, eight wins now? But really, none of the fighters are really that. Like, Clay Guida was the first one. Uh, Jim Miller was on there as old. Nick Lentz, who was on there as old. Uh, uh, Tony Ferguson, Kevin Lee as well. But I don't know which of the two wins was more impressive, Kevin Lee or Tony Ferguson, because I think Tony Ferguson's washed up. And I don't mean that in a negative way, Mr. Ferguson. Um, <laughs> but I think he's he's just... I, I'll talk about Tony, Tony Ferguson here in a little bit, because he's fighting on this card as well. Um... But yeah, so I think I think Oliveira's win streak is being a little bit overvalued here. I just I like Michael Chandler. I was a big fan of him in Bellator. I'll take a shot on him in the main event. Plus one fifteen. I'm on the Michael Chandler hype train. Sue me. Or hop hop aboard, choo choo, all aboard the Michael Chandler hype train. Let's get it. Uh, then we got Ben 
Beniel Derouche. Minus 170 against Tony Ferguson. So I'm fading Tony Ferguson as I just kind of alluded to him. I think he's done. As my good friend on Twitter, Francesco Greco Greco would say, he's done, my friend. I'm worried. Ian can confirm. Regards from Italy. Um... I mean, to, for, for, first of all, Ferguson's a head case. Now, I, I don't want to get too much into it because I, like, I think he has actual mental problems. So, like, I don't want to sh- shit on him too much for it. But, like, uh, some of the stuff that was going on a couple years ago, I don't know if you've read uh, read any ar- ever read any articles about it, but, like, he was, like, kidnapping his son from his wife or girlfriend or whatever and, like, taking him away to some random cottage and he thought, like, the world was ending and that a big wave was going to come in and crash his... I, I, he's... I think he, like, borderline schizophrenic. So I don't want to get into too much. Go read the articles. He's not mentally right in the head. So, I mean, between that, between all the all the shots that he's taken in his head, he has a weird fight style. He has a very weird training regimen. Uh, like that one time that his opponent... What happened? Like, his opponent got injured two weeks out, but then Tony Ferguson ended up going to the event and doing the entire weight cut for absolutely no reason whatsoever. Um, makes you seem like a badass, but just not good for the longevity, longevity of your career. Uh, I think it's catching up to him. He's come off two straight losses now. He didn't look good in neither of those two fights. And now he's going up against Dairouche, who looks to be heading, hitting the prime in his career, I would say. Dairouche, I mean, he's been around a, a long-ass time, but now he's on a six-fight win streak. Four of those fights uh, have come via stoppage. Uh, I mean, I think Derouche is just one of those guys. I would kind of compare him to like a Dustin Poirier type, a guy who's been fighting in the UFC since he was like in his early 20s, has some losses along the way, but it seems like every time that he had a loss, he learned from it, came back better and stronger. And I've, I get the same feeling from Derouche. So despite him being a minus 170 favorite, I'm going to take him. I think sportsbooks know Ferguson's done. So I'll take Derouche minus 170. One more fight is another main card fight. Um... Edson Barbosa, plus 110. I don't understand why he's an underdog in this one. Uh, I think the, the, I mean, the only thing that I can figure out why he's an underdog to Shane Burgos is his recent record. His recent record's 2-5, and five, so not good. Um, but the losses that, the, that he's had in this run have been against, well, let's list them. Habib, which is, I mean, duh, everyone got their ass kicked by Habib. Uh, Kevin Lee, which was a doctor stoppage. Uh, Justin Gaethje, which is like another, okay, so might be the second best guy in the division that he lost to. Uh, and then he lost a split decision to both Felder and Ige. Both of those he easily could have won. So Edson Barboza maybe two and five in his last fought in his last seven fights, but I think that's a little bit deceiving. And then if, um, Burgos, I mean, if he was a wrestler, um, then I would understand. I'd be like, yeah, that's Barboza's weaknesses. Some got times uh, guys can, you know, out wrestle him, keep him kind of on the floor. But that's not Shane Burgos because um, he averages 0.3 takedowns per 15 minutes. So every, what, three three fights? If all three fights went to the go to, to, to decision, he might take, he might have one takedown. <laughs> I think he actually, I think that's it. I think he only has one takedown in his UFC career. Um, the guy does land at a high rate when he does strike. He's a stand-up guy, but I'm still going to take Edson Barboza as an underdog here. I'll take him as an underdog in a stand-up fight any day of the week. I uh, just got to do it. So Michael Chandler, plus 115 against Charles Oliveira. Daniel Derouche, minus 170 against Tony Ferguson. 
and Edson Barboza plus 110 against Shane Burgos are my three picks for UFC 262. Uh, now let's finally get uh, finish off with my picks for Wednesday night. I got three baseball picks. Um, let me check to see how my baseball picks are going tonight when I'm recording this Tuesday. The strikeout one missed by one strikeout. The Nationals didn't take uh, the guy out um, for the fucking sixth inning and he only needed one more strikeout. Fed. Fed or Feddy? Um, so the strikeout prop missed by a K. Uh, Detroit first five, which was an underdog against the Royals. They smoked them. They're up 7 nothing right now in the seventh inning, so that was a win. Uh, what were those odds? Plus 105. Uh, so it comes down to the Jays against the Braves. And right now, as of recording this, the Jays are up 4-3. Bases juice, no out, top the eighth. So that is looking very, very good. So that's a winning night. Let's um, Let's hit a second winning night in a row here. So let's get into the picks. And I was just talking about Blue Jays versus Braves. So let's start there because I'm going to bet I'm going to make the exact same pick here on Wednesday. Uh, I got the Blue Jays minus 115 this time. And basically, it's the same pick I made at the start of the day today because I thought Max Fried was getting the start Tuesday night. That start got pushed back a day. Um, I ended up taking the Jays anyways at minus 130. I will now be taking the Jays. I will fade Max Fried at minus 115 on Wednesday night. Uh, so main points remain. Braves a struggle against lefties. They went. They're going up against Robbie Ray today. Wednesday, the game that I'm talking about now, they're going up against the Blue Jays ace, who's I mean even better obviously than Robbie Ray as a lefty. Uh, Braves have been hitting righties fine, but they're like, what are they? Second last, I think. Uh, yeah, 29th in Major League Baseball in OPS against left-handed pitchers with an OPS of just 557. Um, and now they're going up against the Jays' ace, who is a lefty in Hyunjin Ryu. And the Braves are starting Max Freed, who has... I mean, I mean, I've been a fan of Max Freed, but he's been just fucking shit, to be completely honest, this season. 884 ERA and a 2063 whip. Now, I think we will see some regression to the mean. He's not... He's, I mean, he's a good pitcher. He's not an 884 ERA pitcher. But I hope that it doesn't start to regress to the mean in this game against the Blue Jays. Um... Yeah, and then if even even if you look at bullpen ERA, Blue Jays fourth in bullpen ERA at two nine two, Braves are twenty second. So to get the Blue Jays at minus one fifteen, they got their ace on the mound, who's a lefty going up against a team who can't hit lefties, and the lefty that they're putting out has a season ERA of eight point eight four. Also bullpen advantage, Blue Jays. So absolutely love the Blue Jays at that price of minus one fifteen on Wednesday night. And now the next game I'm looking at is the White Sox and the Twins taking the White Sox minus 125 in this one. Jay Happ gets the starts for the Twins uh, in this uh, in this one. And this season, Jay Happ is a 1.91 ERA. Well, I have five letters for you, friends. F-R-A-U-D, fraud. Jay Happ is a fucking fraud. He is not, as a Blue Jays fan, as a Blue Jays fan, I know Jay Happ's not a good pitcher. I know that. Other Blue Jays fans know that. Yankees fans know that. It's time to sell high on this bum because he's not a 1.91 ERA pitcher. And if you look at some deeper numbers, it actually gets backed up because he does have a FIP of 3.84. So his FIP is almost two full points higher than his ERA. So that shows that's that's fraudulent. That's That smells fishy. Jay's just scored another run. Um... 
To add to this, the White Sox have been much better against lefties this season. They're actually third in the majors uh, in OPS against left-handed pitchers at 835, so that's great. This sounds like the perfect game for Jay Happ to get lit up. Uh, Twins bullpen also been a disaster this season. 25th in bullpen ERA at 4.92, and that actually drops to 5.79, which is second last in the majors when you look at their bullpen ERA on the road. So I love the price that we're getting here to fade Jay Happ and the Twins on the road. Give me the White Sox at minus 125. And then the final pick on the podcast here is a total bet. I'm just realizing I don't have any MLB underdogs, which is a shame, but I'm sorry. I'll try to get an underdog next week. I had underdogs in the UFC. Um, Mariners, Dodgers, under eight in the late game, minus 120. I'll start off with my concern for this bet. My concern with this bet is Justin Dunn going up against uh, the best offense in baseball against right-handed pitchers. But I think if, if Justin Dunn can limit the Dodgers to like three runs or less, and the first five innings, I think this is a winner. Because I think Julio Urias gets a start for the Dodgers. He's a lefty. Mariners are 26th in OPS against left-handed pitchers so far this season, while Urias has been playing some very, very solid baseball. And then if we look at the bullpens, Mariners, 7th in bullpen ERA in the majors, and that improves to 5th best when looking at bullpen ERA on the road at 303. So we're going to need their bullpen to play well. And now the Dodgers bullpen, subpar of the season, 20th in bullpen ERA. But, I mean, we all know the Dodgers have one of the best pitching staffs in baseball. Even their minor league is just crammed with arms. Like, who's that one guy? Bobby Kelly, I think his name is. Keep an eye on him. I think he's going to be a stud. Um, so this is going to – that'll revert to the mean. I think they're a top 10, if not top 5, bullpen in the majors. I think they had the second-best bullpen last year because I think – the World Series was between the two best bullpens, Rays and Dodgers. I'm almost positive. So they're better than 20th in that. So Mariners' bullpen has been good. We need them to keep it up. Dodgers' bullpen has been bad, but they're going to get better. Julio Urias, uh, very good this season, and he's going up against a team that can't hit lefties. So three check marks that we're looking for for an under. The one kind of one that's question that I'm questioning is Justin Dunn. If I'm a little bit worried Justin Dunn gets lit up here early, but. If he can keep it to like three runs or less, I think this bet will be an easy winner. Mariners, Dodgers, under eight. So just to read the MLB plays back, Blue Jays minus 115 against the Braves, White Sox minus 125 against the Twins, and Mariners, Dodgers, under eight at minus 120. That's all I have for you today, friends. Um, Go to BetUS. Open an account at BetUS.com, you fucks. You put in a promo code, promo code BACON, 125% deposit bonus on your first deposit. Thanks to all my friends at Oddshark. I will miss you all. Um, next time you guys hear from me, I will not be working for Oddshark anymore. Um, shout out to all those guys. I don't have anything else for you. Best of luck with all your bets. I love you all, and I will talk to you all next week, hopefully. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.